0: Welcome into the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray, a locally produced program devoted to bringing you a fresh perspective on housing, diving into the issues that matter most. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray is presented by Mortgage Investors Group. Now, Kevin Ray.
1: Welcome into the Housing Hour. My name is Kevin Ray. I'm your host, And I'm here with co-host and executive producer Mark Griffith. Thank you guys so much for joining us here on the Housing Hour. It is uh, our pleasure to be able to bring this show to you every week. And we're just excited about doing this show. And um, we have a very special guest in studio with us. Before I introduce our guest, I do want to tell you guys... How to plug in with us. And you can go to thehousinghour.com, which is the treasure trove of all of our information. And you can go there to locate shows, our past shows, all of our series. Love for you to go and interact with us in that way. Um, and also on Facebook, facebook.com slash thehousinghour. Um, you can connect with us there as well and on Twitter at the housing hour. And then you can check out Mark's Pinterest account um, and connect with us there as well. Oh, that's hot right <laughs> It now. is. It's very hot. <laughs> so without any further ado, today um, I'm excited to tell you that we have Ray Smith in studio with us, who is um, Y12 out in Oak Ridge. He's their historian, but also he was a longtime maintenance manager. So he has so much experience and history with Oak Ridge. He just informed me that he had been out there for 45 years years. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Ray Smith, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, you're welcome. Glad to be here. Absolutely. Um, Just really, really happy to be able to talk about some history with you this morning. And we've talked a lot, me and Mark, over the last five years since we've been doing this show, um, four years, and we've been talking about Oak Ridge a lot because... What we have today, not just in our city here in Knoxville, but across this great country is the result of the good work that was done in Oak Ridge. Uh, You're
2: absolutely right. The nuclear age, Mm -hmm. which was introduced there in Oak Ridge and uh, as a part of bringing an end to the uh, awful war, Mm -hmm. World War II. In fact, the worst war the world has ever known. That's right. And uh, Oak Ridge had a significant role in bringing that war to an end by producing the uranium that was used in Little Boy. Mm-hmm. But that was just the beginning. From mm-hmm. there, you've got an outgrowth of scientific accomplishment and achievements mm-hmm. that impacts the entire world. Yeah. A, a single example, mm-hmm. nuclear medicine, had mm-hmm. its origin right mm-hmm. there. in the exact same equipment, the exact same science that separated the uranium for Little Boy also separated those stable isotopes that were used to produce nuclear medicine in the graphite reactor, another historical piece of Oak Ridge's history and he
0: was doing more than just maintenance right? that's right <laughs> this is true absolutely well, a lot you, going on
1: you can tell the passion that you have just in our pre-show mm. warm-up and you know you know your history but you also have a connection with the community you've been in there for 45 years mm-hmm. you've established that and you have relationships that go back many many years mm-hmm. and I think that's what it's all about for me at least is the relationships um and you um let's even go back further because there were communities that were in Oak Ridge prior to Oak Ridge and, New Hope community for instance mm-hmm. we talked about Scarborough we talk right. about wheat we talk about Robertsville mm-hmm. so you had a lot of these communities and for the listeners out there that don't understand what exactly happened if you don't mind give us a 30,000 foot view <laughs> of, of you know what happened sure. and, and why sure. these people lost their land and for uh, all absolutely. just go through that with us if you don't uh, mind
2: I'd be happy to. In fact, the history of the area goes back so much further than that. Mm. If you if you go back to the first white settlers coming into mm. this area, um, you would have them coming through the Cumberland Gap around 1750, mm. and then you would have settlements being made along the rivers in this East Tennessee, what's now East Tennessee area, mm-hmm. and the Cherokee were here obviously before white. the white settlers, and. Something that's really close to my heart, and, and if you'll bear with me, I'd love to share with you just a little bit of the Please. history about Nancy Ward. Mm. Nancy Ward was a Cherokee Indian. She was the last beloved woman of the Cherokee. She was a cousin to Dragon Canoe. Now, the two of them saw these white settlers coming into this area. Dragon Canoe says we need to kill them all. All right, so he was the chief of the Cherokees, and he tried— to wipe out the white settlers. Nancy Ward says there's too many of them. We're going to have to learn to live at peace with them. <laughs> so what she she being the beloved woman of the Cherokee and also called the war woman, when they would get ready for a war party, she would fix the black drink that they would drink the night before. So she would know what Dragon Canoe was planning. Mm. So when he would plan a raid, she would send a runner the stockade and tell the white settlers, get in your stockade, dragon canoes coming. Wow. Now, <laughs> wow. Now, here's a, a connection to that that's at most interesting. In 1900, a fellow who was descended from Nancy Ward, or thought he was. John Ward? No. no <laughs> not John Ward. I'm sorry. <laughs> Actually, it was James Abraham Walker. Uh And uh, I'm convinced he wasn't descended from her, but he thought Mm -hmm. he was. Mm -hmm. And he made a granite statue uh, about five feet tall. And uh, he put on that statue a plate, had her holding a plate. And on that plate it says Wataugwa, 1776. Hmm. Now, that statue is what got me interested in history. John Ross Irwin, you know who John Ross is, Mm -hmm. uh, founder of the Museum of Appalachia. In the middle 70s, he asked me to go make a picture of this Indian statue on a white woman's grave. And I said, well, okay, John, I'll do that. He wanted to replace the picture that's in the Tennessee Blue Book. It was a poor picture of Nancy Ward. So I went and found that cemetery up in Granger County, their Wine Cemetery. Didn't even have a road to it. And I made a picture of that statue, and he put it in the Tennessee Blue Book. And that caused me to think, I need to learn a little something about Nancy Ward. So I got interested in uh, Revolutionary War history. And from that, just the interest in history continued to grow. Mm -hmm. So not only is this area where Oak Ridge is today have a rich history because these people settled here starting in the late 1700s. The treaties with the Cherokees, and by the way, Nancy Ward spoke at each of the treaties that they made with the settlers. One of the treaties had the Clinch River as one of the borders mm-hmm. of the Indian territory, and the settlers ignored the borders. They mm-hmm. settled in the areas where the Indians had, had not agreed for them to settle. Mm-hmm. So we've had settlers along that Clinch River uh, going back to the late 1700s. In fact, there was even a, a battle fought over at Oliver Springs mm. by the spring over there. That they, uh, Colin Roberts talks about that mm. in his books, where they found artifacts along by that spring.
1: And there's also some other history that Mark um, we've talked about near yeah. Bull Run Steam Plant currently. There was kind of a main port back a long time ago. Right. Well, right.
0: the Lee Lee Ferry there at Clinch yeah. was uh, uh, pretty popular. One. You know, Lee's
2: Ferry is actually on. The route of the earliest road right. from yeah. East Tennessee area yeah. to Middle Tennessee, the Emory right. Road.
1: The Emory Road. Comes right up, about that.
2: Yeah, it comes right up uh, Emory Valley mm-hmm. Road there now. And there's a sign near the Midtown Community Center. Mm. And I'm glad to tell you that, uh, I, I don't remember his name now, a, a young boy scout getting his Eagle Scout project mm. came to me about that history of the road.
1: Oh, wow, that's and, cool.
2: And we helped him make that sign. How neat is that? And, of course, if you look in the uh, Encyclopedia of uh, History and Culture, Tennessee Encyclopedia of History and Culture, I'm proud to not only have the Nancy Ward story in there, but the Emory Road stories. Oh, wow. (laughs) That's awesome. So there's a lot of history. Now, let's come on a little further. We've Mm -hmm. got late 1700s, early 1800s. And then as you come on through, wheat became a center for producing fruit. Uh, they had a cannery there. They had uh, lots of fruit trees, orchards being grown there. At one time, they had a, a an accredited four-year college at Wheat. Mm-hmm. And then you had Robertsville. That school building is still there. That's part of the Robertsville School. Mm-hmm. And then Scarborough, there's a school building there that mm-hmm. was still there. So, yes, tremendous history here. These people had been here for... Literally over a hundred years in their family, right? And then all of a sudden, <laughs> Senator McKellar calls down to the principal of the school at Oliver Springs and says, "I need you to tell those children to go home and tell their parents they're going to have to find another place to live. them government's going to take your property for the war effort." That was how they That's found how out. they about found it. out about it. And and who <laughs> called
1: the school? <laughs> Senator McKellar. And he told, oh, wow, mm-hmm. that that would go viral if yes, that would Yes, it would
2: to absolutely. And so uh, that's the way that place was chosen. Mm-hmm. Is how Senator McKellar gets in the picture. Mm-hmm. If you read in the history books, they'll talk about the ridges and the valleys. y 12s located down in Bear Creek Valley, mm-hmm. Pine Ridge on one side, Chestnut Ridge on the other. Mm-hmm. And if the bomb that they were making exploded, the ridges would protect, you know, project the blast up in the oh. air. Yeah, I, I see your eyes. Yeah. You're thinking, yeah, well, right. <laughs> well, I was thinking it was, to, it was but, so that it was a covert location. Yeah, yeah, right. That, too. Yeah. 20 miles downstream from Norris Dam, source of electricity. Actually, TVA had to build six more dams just to provide electricity for Oak Ridge. Yeah. But what may be closer to the truth is when Albert Einstein wrote that letter to President Roosevelt saying Germany's buying up all this uranium ore, and he was afraid they were going to make a bomb out of it. Roosevelt knew it would be an expensive undertaking, so he put General Groves in charge of the Manhattan Project. Groves Mm -hmm. had just finished building the Pentagon, so he knew how to put a large construction project together. He knew how to get private industry involved, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and he knew how to spend money. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) So President Roosevelt also called in Senator McKellar. And mm-hmm. he said, Senator, I need to put a large amount of money against the war effort, and I can't let the press or anyone know how much it is or what it's being used for. Mm-hmm. Can you help me with that? <laughs> Senator McKellar said, yes, Mr. President, I can do that for you. Just where in Tennessee you going to put that thing? <laughs> uh, I see. That <laughs> uh, likely had more to do with us getting selected here in East Tennessee right. than any ridges and valleys or Proximity to it. There's
1: never been a bigger earmark in the history of the no, Senate. No, absolutely. That's where the <laughs> deals are made, right there. <laughs> right.
2: Let me tell you one more thing about yeah. that, that Senator McKellar story. Mm-hmm. I had an opportunity to interview Senator Howard Baker for mm-hmm. an oral history interview. We went up to his office in Huntsville, mm-hmm. and set it up, set the camera up, and had him go in there. And we started out by saying, "Senator, tell us about your connection to Oak Ridge." He said, first, let me tell you how that place was chosen. (laughs) And he went into that Senator McKellar story in the most flamboyant way you've ever seen. So we let him go. When he finished up, I said, thank you, Senator, for telling on video the story that I tell everyone who comes to (laughs) Oak Ridge. He said, where'd you get that story? I said, I got it from... Dick Smyzer, longtime editor of the Old Creature. Right. He said that's where I got it too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so we may uh, never know the hundred no, percent truth. No, no, no. But the other story about the uh, senator calling to the school. Yeah. Now that's true and I know it's true because the man that it happened to is still alive today. Mm. His name is Lester Fox. Wow. He's the patriarch of the Fox automobile dealerships in this area. No kidding. But in 1942 he was a sophomore in high school at Oliver Springs. It's a little community just north of where Oak Ridge is today. Yeah. And he was skipping school. Him and his buddy were playing <laughs> the pinball machine, okay? Yeah. When they got through, they were walking down the main street of the town. They walked by that telephone office. Telephone operator leaned her head out and said, Lester, go get the principal. He's got an important phone call. Now, Lester's skipping school. <laughs> right? But he does. He goes and gets the principal. Principal comes over and takes the phone call comes back to the school, calls all the students together in an assembly, says, I have just got a phone call from Senator McKellar. He wants me to tell you to go home and tell your parents you're going to have to find another place to live. Now, oh. Lester swears that's the
1: way these 3,000 people first learned they were going to have to get off Amazing! that is amazing <laughs> well, we're going to continue this conversation with ray smith historian um, and just became the oak ridge official historian through a vote of confidence through the city council of oak ridge so we're going to continue this conversation right after these messages
0: The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what is really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray.
1: There ain't no practice runs in life. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray, your host, here with Mark Griffith, our executive producer and co-host. Thank you guys for joining us today on the Housing Hour. We certainly appreciate your participation. And we have Ray Smith, historian, in studio with us. He is the Oak Ridge uh, official historian. Oak Ridge, Tennessee, um, one of the most intriguing stories um, in our national history, certainly in our state's history. Um, And Also, don't forget that the Manhattan Project National Historical Park just recently became, um, uh, I guess, up and running. And I want Ray to talk about that in a few moments. But before we do, we want to talk about another historical figure as we continue our conversation about the Manhattan Project and the beginning of this enormous um, secret endeavor that was taken as he um, put in the last segment. But there was someone else that foretold this story. Whether this is fable or fiction or facts, we don't know. But there was a gentleman by the name of John Hendricks. And I want Ray to tell us a little bit about him because I was listening to his oral history on this just as I was on my way over here. And it's really fascinating. So if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about John Hendricks. Oh,
2: I'd be glad to. Yeah, one of those families that had to leave in 1942 was descended from John. Mm. In fact, uh, John was born in 1865, Civil War time, in Bear Creek Valley, right where Y-12 is today. Mm. In 1900, his youngest daughter died. And his wife accused him of being the reason she died because he'd corrected the child the day before. So she got mad and left him, took the rest of the children, went to Arkansas and never came back it's really upset John so he prayed to God wanting to know why this is happening to him heard a loud voice during one of those prayers that says if you go sleep on the ground for 40 nights you'll learn the future of this place now it must have been in the winter time because as the story goes his hair froze to the ground now <laughs> let me interrupt my story just a minute to tell you that that little, my history center, the Y 12 History Center is located in the New Hope Center at mm-hmm. Y 12. That New Hope Center is named for the little community that was there before the Manhattan Project, New Hope. There are other little communities Robertsville, over where Oak Ridge is today, Wheat, out near the East Tennessee Technology Park, where the K 25 gaseous diffusion plant was, New Bethel, which is over where the Oak Ridge National Laboratory is and Scarborough, a little community just south of where Y-12 is, some of these communities still have annual reunions, even after 70 years. Now, a couple of years ago, I was telling this story at one of those annual reunions about John Hendricks, and I got to the part about his hair freezing to the ground, This little lady held her hand up out in the audience, and I said, yes, ma'am. She said, my grandmother put a quilt on John Hendricks when he was sleeping on the ground and fed him chicken soup because he was about to freeze to death. (laughs) Now, you keep that in mind while I finish my story. When John got through sleeping on the ground, he had tremendous stories to tell. He'd tell anyone that would listen. He'd tell them there's going to be a huge factory built in Bear Creek Valley that'll help win the greatest war there'll ever be going to be a city built on Black Oak Ridge, going to be a railroad spur run right down by his property line, and the seat of power for all this is going to be between Piot's Place and Tadlock's Farm. Now, John died in 1915. In 1942, when the Manhattan Project came in here, the first shovel full of dirt they dug was right between Piot's Place and Tadlock's Farm. That's where they put the administration building. That's where the federal office building is today. That city on Black Oak Ridge is called Oak Ridge. That railroad spur runs right down by his property line in Hendricks Creek Subdivision, named for John Hendricks. Mm -hmm. In fact, he's buried in Hendricks Creek Subdivision right up on top of a hill. And of course, Y-12's in Bear Creek Valley, where the uranium was obtained for Little Boy that did help win World War II. Now, they thought old John was crazy when he's telling all these stories, so they put him in a hospital for the insane. Mm He didn't stay long, however, till he walked away, came back home, sat down on his front porch and put eight rocks out in the yard in front of him. When the deputy sheriff came said, John, you're going to have to go back to that hospital. He said, no, nah, I'm not going. said, these rocks will protect me from you. And besides, God's going to destroy that hospital. The next week, it was struck by lightning and burned to the ground. <laughs> wow. So they begin to pay a little more attention to John. Yeah. Now, I have I put this story up on my webpage page, draysmith.com, mm-hmm. and I've been contacted by a lot of people who are descended from John. Those out in Arkansas, they're just glad to have somebody in their ancestry that has a legend like that attached to his name. Ones here in Tennessee, they know the legend, so they tell me other things he prophesied, like, cargo be transported through the air he said this before there were any airplanes Mm. and his granddaughter told me that he said they were going to split a tree when they cut that railroad right away and she said for years they kept a little half stump right out by that railroad painted white to preserve it so i don't know what you think about those kind of stories but it'll get you thinking about those people who were here before the Manhattan Project. Those 3,000 people that had to get off of a 1,000 farms, mm. some of them in a matter of days, just mm. to make room for that Manhattan Project. Because when General Groves was given the responsibility, the first thing he did was to get him a site. He wanted some tangible place to start making progress. So the first thing he did, he actually left a meeting early to come down by train to take a look at this area down here in east tennessee and he made the decision right then now it it wasn't the first time anybody had seen this area they'd been looking at it earlier in the Mm -hmm. year but he made the decision
0: Get the land and let's get started with this thing. Wow! So, and amazing. Kevin, all mm-hmm. these stories and all of D. Ray's mm-hmm. books can be found on his website draysmith.com. That's mm-hmm. what he mentioned, right. and we'll have that on our. We're website. going to have that on our website, yeah. but also mm-hmm. he's got a, a series of articles, and they're in print book form of uh, from the Oak Ridger, where he writes an article called "Historically Speaking." So this man is well versed. Mm-hmm. He's got the history of this region, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of historians. I bet that help you out too. Yeah with a bunch of information oh, whether you want it or not <laughs> yeah. isn't that right <laughs>
2: absolutely everybody i meet has a story yeah. kevin and i were just talking about yeah. uh, his history relating to oak ridge and i'm anxious to get that yeah and to put it in historically I will provide speaking. It. you understand that's how it happens mm-hmm. people contact me and say you know uh and, and they'll start talking about their connection and pretty soon
1: I've got a story. Absolutely. That's What's a, amazing to me, looking at the history of Oak Ridge, because whether you believe in God or not, there I, which I do, mm-hmm. there was um, moments in history that were being preordained, and people were being positioned by God in such a way. I think and I believe to have this city come about and the relationships that were built the things that it created for us as, as a society. You mentioned what all happened. We ended the greatest war in the history of Earth. We also had all of these other technological advances as a result of the Manhattan Project. But I want to go back to when that first shovel was 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 taken mm-hmm. um, um, between those two farms, wherever you right. Pied's
2: Place and Tadlock's Farm. Right, exactly, as John <laughs> in, foretold. It, right, in November of 1942 is when now, that
1: happened. Now, when that happened... I have to imagine there was some disgruntled um, residents, mm, yes. you know, but, you know, we had to do what we had to do. Right. And it, that's, as an unfortunate as that was, what was the mood like? Do you know what the mood was like mm. as people were moving? And there had to have been a transition period where people are moving out mm. and people are coming in. Yes. And there had to have been so much confusion mm. and so much speculation. I can't even imagine <laughs>
2: Yeah, it it was strange. Uh, John Ross Irwin tells a story about when he and his family had to leave. And as he describes it, they had just moved 10 years earlier out of the Norris area because of Norris Dam coming in Mm. and moved their family out. So they had settled down. Actually, they were living on what's near what's now, Emory Valley Road, in in the area there, and they had to leave. And when they left, John Ross's father... Put him on the wagon for the first load that went out, Mm. and then he told him, you stay here with our belongings, and we'll go back and bring some more. Mm. And John Ross didn't know it, but that was the last time he ever got to go into that home place. So, yes, there was a a huge disturbance, and people, you know, the government paid them for their property eventually, but they didn't help them move. They just told them to get out.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) We'll keep that train of thought going because this time is going by so fast. It's unbelievable. We're already at the end of our our segment here, but we've got Ray Smith with us, historian of Oak Ridge, um, also a longtime resident, has a passion for the history of Oak Ridge, as we all should, considering what it did for us um, here as a a national, you know, saving us basically from destruction, essentially. Um, But we want to thank him so much for coming in, and we're going to continue this conversation right after these messages.
0: The housing hour with kevin ray continues helping you understand what is really going on out there and what to do about it again kevin ray
1: welcome back into the housing hour again kevin ray here with ray smith our historian and my co-host and executive producer and friend mark griffith um, historian also actually in his own right. Not um, nearly at the level. Mark had, <laughs> novice historian. Ray did um, a re- nice review for Mark and murder will out which was a fascinating historical look at a murder that occurred way back in 1921. In the pre mm-hmm. history
0: in Robertsville, 1921.
1: Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. It was six years after John Hendricks had passed away, actually. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, I, to end the story, we're going to not talk about John Hendricks, but I think it's interesting about the things that he described and whether that is true or whether we make that up to make it more interesting, I don't know. But you mentioned, and you were talking as we ended the last segment, about the transition and, you know, Mark would m- mentioned off air that, you know, you had, we had things that they had things they had to accomplish and we had to, a timeline. I mean, we had the war continuing and raging on and we had to meet certain um, timeline and, and we had, I'm sure that the construction project needed to be accomplished. And generally Les- general Leslie Groves certainly had mandates. This needed to be done by this point. Yes. This needed to be done by that point, but let's move forward a little bit once it was actually built. One of the interesting things that I hear, and I think, is amazing, is that Oak Ridge went from not being a city to being, I believe, the fourth most populated city in Field. the state of Tennessee. Is that true? Field. Fifth, fa- fifth. Is that not amazing? It is. And and the th- one more
2: thought before we leave sure, this idea absolutely. of how the people were leaving, mm-hmm. and and yes, there was resentment. Think about it. They've been there, right. their family, some of them, over hundred years. years. Yeah. So it was. A t- And then again, there's others like John Rice, who every 10 years the government just come along and told them to move. So, Mm -hmm. you know, they had to begin to resent that. Some had even had to move out of the Smoky Mountains Mm -hmm. 20 years ago. So it it was bad. Now, the other side of that is in 1943, there was 60 million people that were killed in World War II. Mm -hmm. The highest number of deaths associated with war in the history of the world and as a matter of fact I need to make this point from 60 million in the 40s down to about 2 million a year ever since Mm -hmm. there you need to think about what's changed the atomic bomb Mm -hmm. nuclear weapons Mm -hmm. that has kept the world from having it makes global warfare unacceptable right now that's right so we've been able to do that all right back to your question no no absolutely no so
1: why don't we Mm. talk about the fact that and that's such a good point that really Mm -hmm. resonates with me um but talk about how oak ridge came from not being anything to being something enormous
2: absolutely these people who knew that this all this killing was going on in other words they knew people were dying they were getting reports of that people listened on their radios they they saw the newspapers it was a world war and the nation was beginning to pull together Uh uh, okay remember what had happened at pearl harbor Mm -hmm. okay so these people who had to leave their homes it was a patriotic thing for them to do Mm -hmm. it was a way for them to help the war Mm -hmm. so although they hated to give up their homes and it was they were torn between that they wanted to stop the killing and end the war Mm -hmm. so they wanted to do whatever they could to help now Mm -hmm. so they left and, and and as you know, bulldozers were coming in, things were happening almost immediately. They started building, and initially they were planning for just a small town. And then it grew. They, they needed, they started building Y-12, they started building the graphite reactor. And oh, by the way, they learned that that separating that uranium was going to take a lot more uh, capacity than they thought it was going to take a lot longer. And oh, by the way, they put in a third process. They th- put in the gaseous diffusion process. Mm-hmm. Groves was struggling with anything he could come up with to try and get that uranium-235 mm-hmm. and plutonium. That's why the graphite reactor was built. So, at initially it was all focused in Oak Ridge. It began to grow to the extent that. Groves realized that he needed another location for that plutonium work, mm-hmm. that he didn't really need to put all of that here in Oak Ridge. So they went out to Hanford, Washington, mm-hmm. built uh, the, the reactors out there along the Columbia River. Mm-hmm. But here in Oak Ridge, it's just growing by leaps and bounds. Groves brought in Alden Blankenship. He was given the responsibility of starting up schools for these Scientists and engineers that mm-hmm. were being brought in here. Groves knew he needed to provide for them so that they could have uh, the kind of living that they needed. They needed the schools for their children. Mm. So he put together and, and started schools by October of 1943. They had built a number of grade schools, a high school, and middle school. And he gave Blankenship a blank check, essentially, mm-hmm. and said, bring in the best And teachers you can find, pay them the New York City wages, just build the schools here. Mm. So in just a little while, they had grown to the point that by August of 1945, there were 75,000 people living in the city of Oak Ridge. It wasn't on any map, and it was the fifth largest city in the state of Tennessee. Had the ninth largest bus system in the nation. And oh by the way, Lester Fox and his brother bought a hundred buses and put it in the bus system there in Oak Ridge. How much Amazing Storm oh, Man. Lester. How much power were
1: they using out there?
2: They were using as as much as the New York City. Here in Oak Ridge alone. Wow. And again, TVA had to build more dams just to get enough electricity to provide. Our good
1: friend, our good mutual friend, John Lindsay, explained that the amount of energy that was being used was the equivalent, and I can't remember exactly, but it was something along the lines of as much as the rest of the country was using <laughs> or, or it was yeah, a huge over that time period. Yeah. Well I and mean, it's well, amazing. And, they, and the were,
0: silver need for doing yeah, the wires yeah. and everything, they yeah, used was the Treasury sh- Department, didn't they? I did. There was a
2: shortage of copper during the war. So Colonel Nichols went to under Secretary Bell and said you know, of the Treasury Department said we need to borrow some silver to use as electrical conductors. And Under Secretary Bell said, well, okay, we've got some reserve. How much are you going to need? Uh, <laughs> Colonel Nichols said, well, we're going to need several thousand tons. <laughs> Under Secretary Bell said, Colonel, you don't understand. Here at the Treasury Department, we don't think of silver in terms of tons. We think of it in terms of troy ounces. Mm-hmm. Colonel Nichols figured on his envelope <laughs> and said, well, I'm going to need about 300 million troy ounces. <laughs> what he got was 14,700 tons of silver brought it down to Y-12, used it to wind those coils and as electrical conductors. Now, here's something that almost no one appreciates and understands. 14,700 tons of silver. Mm -hmm. And then when the gaseous diffusion process came online by December of 1946, it was capable of producing weapons-grade uranium, so they didn't need those calutrons at Y-12 anymore. Mm -hmm. So they shut them down took that silver out, gave it back to the Treasury Department, except for 67 tons. Now, 67 tons of silver stayed in the Alpha Calutrons in Building 9731, a part of the Manhattan Project National Historical Park now, mm-hmm. but it stayed there until 1970. And they took the silver out and sent it back to the Treasury in 1970. Now, the reason it stayed there from 1946 to 1970 is because they were separating all of the stable isotopes and all of the elements in the periodic table. Some of them were being sent over to the graphite reactor that operated from 1943, November the 4th of 1943, until November the 4th of 1963, 20 years, essentially producing isotopes that were used in medical research, agriculture, and industry. That 67 tons of silver. They sent a letter every year and said, the work that it's doing is too important for national security. We can't shut the equipment down. We're going to keep your silver. So they kept it until 1970.
1: And they returned it, which I think is remarkable. In its own I think ride. to the ounce, yep. I uh, less than one tenth of one ounce was lost. That's, That's amazing. amazing. That is amazing. That is <laughs> truly amazing. And so, as the as the development, as this city grew, mm-hmm. and as we found out at some point what their what their mission was, right. people inside of the actual city. Most of those people didn't know exactly no. what they were doing, right?
2: No, no, they didn't. Uh, there were 22,000 people working at Y-12 alone. Mm-hmm. Maybe a 100 of them. The chemists mm-hmm. would have at least known they were using uranium. Now, the word uranium was classified. You couldn't even say uranium during oh. the Manhattan Project. Wow. Wow. Don't, don't you know General Groves had to be frustrated when he found out these people down here in Tennessee <laughs> were numbering their buildings that you, were used for uranium processing, all of them starting with the number 92, <laughs> the <laughs> atomic number for uranium. <laughs>
1: That's great. Well, yeah. and it was supposed to be secret. It they was. had, they had. You could not come into Oak Ridge City without going through what is now still there as a historical piece through the city gates, and you weren't allowed in the city. Mm-hmm.
0: And my father-in-law was a chemist during that period of time, and I asked him, "Did you know?" He goes, "I had an idea." Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, on that note, we only have a few seconds left in this segment, and unfortunately, we only have one more segment to go, which is a very short one, and we're going to have to have Ray back out. No oh, doubt about that. Late. this needs to be about a 22 part series because i am fascinated by it i hope that you are as well and we're going to have ray's website also on our website so that you can go follow his work and certainly download and buy his books he's got some great stuff out there so hang out with us here one more segment with ray smith we'll be right back after these messages
0: The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what is really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray.
1: Welcome back into the Housing Hour. Again, Kevin Ray here with Mark Griffith and Ray Smith. We want to thank you guys for joining us and spending this hour with us. It has went by so fast. And, Ray, this five minutes, I need to get you started quick because we may not, we may run out of time. Um, well, we as Oak Ridge... We need to talk about the park. Yes, the national talking. park. Mm-hmm. As Oak Ridge um, has been such a, a important piece of our national security, they created a park. Yes. Talk about that. Yes, uh, and we've been working on it for a
2: number of years, but this past year, the Department of Energy and Department of Interior recognized that it's a tremendous story, tremendous history and that the Department of Energy is not in the business of telling its history. Uh, the Department of Interior is, the Park Service, so they partnered to do that. And they put together a Manhattan Project National Historical Park, signed the memorandum of agreement on November the uh, 10th of this year, and that established the park. The park is located in Oak Ridge, Los Alamos, New Mexico, and Hanford, Washington. Now the headquarters of the park is located in Denver, Colorado. That's where the planning organization is for the National Park Service. And most of the effort going on right now is in planning how to operate that park and how to manage it. It's a unique park in three locations. And if you come to Oak Ridge, uh, and again, go to any of the other two sites as well, the park's already established. Come to the American Museum of Science and Energy. On Saturdays, there's a park ranger there. But if you come any day, they have the stamp that's there for your passport national park passports mm-hmm. but what you get when you visit oak ridge is a third of the stamp mm-hmm. you go to the other two uh, sides you get cool. the other two thirds of the stamp but actually nikki nicholas who's the superintendent of the big south fork recreation river and uh, scenic river recreation area she has also taken the responsibility to uh, assist with the Oak Ridge location of the Manhattan Project uh, National Historical Park, she's put out a bid for a job, and by March of next year, she plans to have a ranger in the Oak Ridge every day. Wow! So it's beginning to grow. Now, on November the 12th, we, we had, they had that celebration on the 10th of the mm-hmm. signing uh, ceremony in Washington. I was fortunate enough to get to go for that i'm oh, cool. really proud and then That's on the cool. 12th we had uh, a celebration here in oak ridge and as a part of that celebration uh, we had a gathering in the high school uh, and they gave all of the fourth graders passes to the parks all across the nation remember the centennial of the park service is this next year 2016. so they also recreated one of ed westcott's original photographs Mark was in that. yeah a great photograph yeah. Somebody got in front of him. Hey, (laughs) that's something for our next series. We need to talk about Ed Westcott, okay? Uh, Absolutely. We wouldn't be able to tell our history if we didn't have Ed. And also, we were able to provide tours inside Y-12 and uh, Oak Ridge National Laboratory to the graphite reactor. Now, we can't do those tours all the time yet. Eventually, we'll be able to do that. Right now, we have the DOE public tour that runs from March till November. And it goes to all three sites. Mm -hmm. And you pick it up at the American Museum of Science and Energy. So the Park Service is an amazing... Group of people, they're able to tell our story and mm. tell it
0: well. And the dignitaries that were there on that day, praising mm. everything and the work, also credited with D. Ray Smith <laughs> as being one of the people that pushed th- this uh, park through. Oh, it was so a big shout out to what thank he did you. for
1: the community. We Have well, I been calling right. you? I've been calling you Ray Smith. Do you go by D. Ray? Smith? Ray Smith. Smith is Ray. <laughs> I I, <laughs> right. I like the D. Ray. It sounds. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Uh, they call answers. me K. Ray. Yeah. Right. Ray <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you, Ray, I, I really appreciate your time and thank you. what you do. Yeah. To continue and carry on this amazing history, and you do it so well, and I know that your your friend Bill Wilcox would be very proud uh, of Miss what you're doing, yeah. uh, who passed away two years ago, who right. was the historian for he Oak Ridge, yes. and now um, Ray has taken that role, and I could not think of any better person. Oh, he's excellent. Now, thank you. Now, when you're ready to pass that on, maybe Mark might be. No, I'm not he worthy. He needs to be your prodigy. <laughs> I'm not worthy. Well, hey, we okay. want to thank you all for coming in and joining yes. us. We hope you um, shared in our excitement. Ray, thank you so much. Again. You bet. Glad so we're going to have this show right up on our website very, very soon. So go share it with your friends and family. We're going to have more series with Ray, no doubt. But next time we'll see you there at the housing hour. We look forward to it and catch our show at the Thank you. That's the housing hour with Kevin Ray for
0: today. Join Kevin and his guests each week at this time to keep up with the why and why not you need to know, so come here to find out. This show is presented by Mortgage Investors Group. feels like
1: we're the